Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast, where people and companies can learn the inner game of service and tap into the fullest power of the service opportunity. So join me and let's master the service mindset together and up-level service the world over. And I encourage you to check out my partner, the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness, which is on a mission to help people and companies to incorporate mindfulness into their culture and raise performance, efficiency, general happiness, and everything that we want from going to work. So link is in the show notes for you to go deeper into that as well as the mindful service movement. All right, let's get started. Okay, wow, 100 episodes. That's where we're at today. And actually, I feel lacking that I've done this many episodes, but I don't have one of those buttons you hit and it makes a party sound because that's that's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> feeling like it's a party sound button day. So before we begin, I just want to thank you all for being on this road with me and watching the show evolve and having patience with me as I sort of managed to feel out and become more confident recording my voice and sending it off into nowhere. And the progression of my mindset through this is worth sharing because you should know that when I began the Serve Conscious project, first and foremost, the goal was to transform the quality of service that people give and also, and actually most importantly, the quality of the experience of serving and giving people the tools to gather more meaning, value, growth, learning from any service encounter. And that was fueled by my challenges and struggles with service that didn't need to be there. I just lacked the tools. So that was the idea. And so I was just kind of thinking of mediums in which to... And in the beginning, I thought I was just going to create mostly written content because that's what I'd always done. In addition to, of course, in-person teaching, coaching, and what I love doing. But the evergreen product that would go out there, I thought would just be writing. And it's funny how we don't even realize how much we're overly cocooning ourselves in our comfort zone until we dip a toe outside of it and take those first steps into doing something new. And... I just want to take a moment now and commemorate uh, my friend uh, from L.A., Mickey, who's recently passed. She uh, suddenly just found herself in the hospital and had acute leukemia and just ended up taking her life a few weeks later, I think, a couple of weeks. And that's what happens with acute leukemia. It just kind of goes from this latency period to full-blown, and um, you can decline very quickly. And it was a huge loss to the world that uh, we're still feeling. She was very close to my wife and I, and we lost her about a year ago. Happened uh, just when kind of COVID was a fairly new thing. And the value of someone like her in the world can't be underestimated. Her and her husband, Chris, uh, held court in L.A. and kind of became... I don't want to reduce their role here with a, a word that doesn't describe it properly, but basically like catalysts or support systems to the very creative and spiritually focused leaders of the LA conscious community. And they did this by just always hosting events at their house and always gathering people and always networking people and just 
Mickey in particular had this quality of amplifying and cheerleading the value, maybe even the unmined, the undiscovered value in others. Never really wanting much for herself, except just the opportunity to, uh, to host, to connect people, and to just generally be an awesome, supportive mama to this world of people that are still navigating and discovering their own mission and how they're going to make their own impact in the world. And people like her don't always get the recognition and the limelight uh, they deserve. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to do so now because she was a really big part of me feeling motivated to do a podcast and actually confident to sit down in a chair with my cheap mic and my half-assed understanding of recording equipment, hit play, hit publish, and watch what happens. I mean, that takes a lot to do if you're in a comfort zone and you don't really think you have maybe the voice or the personality to use this particular medium. It's very easy to hide behind writing and words and be this comfortably anonymous figure, but to actually fully lay yourself out in something more three-dimensional, like a podcast or being on camera or somewhere where you're performing, right? And that led to all kinds of wonderful new avenues and opportunities for me. And now I do this a lot more professionally too, in addition to the Serve Conscious podcast. And it was Mickey who first really stoked that fire. All those years ago, we're chatting on the phone and I had just sort of started the project of Serve Conscious. And she said, you got a podcast, man. (laughs) You've got the wiring for it. And sometimes it takes that reflection from someone else, that enthusiasm for me to try this. Not only like, hey, you know, I think you could handle it, sure. But like, you got to do this. That would be awesome. You know, if you did some podcasting, I'd love to hear something like that. It takes that to take something unimaginable, like recording my voice and sending it out to strangers and making it seem absolutely accessible. Not only that, but it became urgent that I do it. And I didn't feel confident at first, and I probably sounded a little, um, I guess you can say, contrived or scripted in the beginning. If you listen to the first episode, please don't. (laughs) But um, I just kind of kept doing it, and doing something like this is what reveals your capability to do it. That really is the only way that you can actually see if you've got the capability to do it. And actually doing most things for any period of time at all, it doesn't matter what that thing is or how bad you think you might be at it, just doing it is your golden ticket to being capable at it. Every single thing is learnable. Every single thing is trainable. And I managed to learn quite a bit just simply figuring it out myself, but then trained myself in some areas. And, you know, it's firmly my opinion that anyone can do it that wants to. So... Here's to Mickey, and here's to anyone with this unique and extraordinarily invaluable set of qualities that find the spark in others and support and nurture that spark in them. 
And I'd like you to take a moment now and just think of who you have in your life now that's like that, or who have you had, or who do you want to have to fill that box? Because our life and our success is interconnected and interrelated with others. And we might want to think we can go it alone, or we can find our own way, or we're our own source of truth. And that is true to an extent. But it really does take the reflections of others back to you, what they see, that can provide incredible new trajectories, or just help you refine the trajectory you're already on, if you're open. And within all of the forms that true service can take, one human to another, that I emphasize the importance of, is there any more precious than this? The willingness to go outside of yourself and your own worries and your own preoccupations and your own lack in your life. Everyone is feeling like they're missing ingredients for things to be a little happier, a little smoother, of course. And to be willing to break out of that and see what's going on in someone else and start paying attention to their best qualities and pouring energy and love into those best qualities so that they feel like more of their best selves. If more people were willing to play that role for others in just the smallest way, it doesn't have to be this huge thing like, hey, kid, you got the stuff, I can see it, and I got an eye for this. No, just noticing something small someone does that you appreciate. Noticing something someone is good at that they're probably not giving themselves enough credit for. And it just takes paying attention And communicating what you see in a way that isn't telling someone what to do. Like, no one wants to be told what to do, right? No one wants to be told, like, no, this is what you need to do. You need to start a podcast. That's the best strategy. Whatever you're doing now doesn't work. But saying from what I see, you might be really good at it if you thought of trying it. I am living proof that conversations like that, little mentions like that, we didn't spend too long talking about it, can be game-changing for someone. They can totally change the trajectory of their life because there is just so much goodness in each of us that we're not in the habit of seeing we're not willing to see there are reasons for that the brain tends towards negativity what we're lacking what we need to improve and it also tends towards comfort what we're used to doing what we're used to seeing about ourselves what we're used to believing So pulling these new levers takes sometimes a bit of a nudge from an outside force. If you don't have this role in your life currently, I encourage you to regularly take time to observe and reflect and also document the experience, journal and write. I am a huge proponent of journaling, and if I wasn't podcasting, I'd be writing all the time. And what's valuable about the writing process is not producing quality writing. It's not even getting better at writing. There's nothing about the that is a measure of its worth. Writing is a process like meditation where you are separating yourself, creating space between you and whatever's going on in your head. And you're looking at it from a more grounded, neutral position. It takes writing it out to do that. And 
you can sort of process and see it from fresh eyes when it's put onto the page, rather than just being caught up in the swirl of thinking of the stories your mind is telling you all the time. And it's amazing when you write things down, you look at it, you go, huh, is that what I'm choosing to believe about myself? It is truly amazing how much you might have just been believing that without questioning it. Because it's easy and comfortable to believe, right? So take some time, sit down, write. And write without the intention of others reading it. This is not for publishing sake. This is like dancing like no one's looking, right? Write like no one's going to read it. It's just you processing things. It's kind of like mindfulness using a different medium than your own just awareness of your mind. You're allowing paper to start to give that shape and give you a new way to observe things. It's a different kind of writing than you might be used to. Writing, you know, if you did any in college or university, or just generally, if you maybe even were a writer, you would write down your deep thoughts or create stories. And maybe you want to like shape that into amazing insight, into poetic wisdom. Writing is like searching for truth and discovery. This is a different kind of writing where you are not looking to maybe impress yourself with some awesome new ideas, but take what you're already thinking and believing and challenge that. So you're not writing to create new brilliant truths. You're writing to undo accepted truths in a way. So for example, I could write down something like, I said this dumb thing and now they think I'm dumb. And then I can ask myself, why am I choosing to believe this? Where is the evidence that they think I'm dumb? What is the evidence that this thing is actually dumb and that it's going to be received as dumb? Maybe all this fear of others rejecting me just comes from my own expectations of myself. The process could unfold like that. But you never know what's going to happen, right? Because <laughs> it is a process. When you do a process properly, it uh, will reveal all kinds of spontaneous, unexpected things. So back to this process of podcasting. I think it's a good day today to just kind of reflect on what something like this can provide and how you can take these principles into your life to serve and live in the fullest way possible. So we've talked about the speaking end of the podcast and haven't yet touched on the listening end of it, the receiving end, right? And there is a lot of that. Even when it's just me doing a solo sesh like this one, I'm ultimately going to be playing it back and, and listening to it and making sure it sounds as fluid as possible. But that's a very like self-conscious, self-oriented process. Truly, what has really nourished me in this show is speaking to others about various topics. And for this next chapter of the show, you know, the next hundred episodes, I'd actually like to prioritize interviews with others, even though I've heard some great feedback from everyone that you, that you like these solo shows because they're focused. It's just me. I don't have to depend on someone else 
to make an episode and talk about what I want to talk about, first of all. And I guess it's kind of lean. There isn't any conversational fat, you know. Uh, there isn't any throwaway banter, and there's kind of a planned structure. I can move through ideas. I can give solid takeaways. I mean, it's, I think, a great way to teach and guide. Sure. But in speaking to others, it's really beneficial to me. I hope it's beneficial for you too, as it is for me. But when you make it like a habit of openly listening to others, especially too, if they have a different perspective than you might be used to, it is truly game-changing. Because, you know, we have conversations like every day. It's what the daily life of a human being is. But I noticed that my conversations outside of the podcast often had a different intent to them. Some of them had an intent for both of us to really connect and grow through what we were sharing and reflecting with each other, but others maybe didn't have that same kind of attention paid to them. And I thought, why Why not? Why couldn't they, right? Why, when I sit down in this sort of formal procedure of a scheduled call and audio equipment and a briefing and, all right, well, let's go. I got my questions planned that you approved and all of this other procedure around recording an interview with someone. Like, that's when I really have my ears open. That's when I'm really tuning in and looking for the gold. And that's when I leave feeling really energized that I just, you know, had a great exchange with someone. But why, why in that situation only? Can I always be not necessarily having a podcast interview with everyone? That'd be weird for them. You know, I just, <laughs> maybe I'm like speaking in a different kind of voice. Maybe I'm asking like really penetrating questions when really <laughs> they just want to talk about their boat. You know what I mean? But what if I just had that same intention underneath that I'm truly interested and really looking to grow from speaking with them? Or maybe I have that intention of seeing what's truly lively in them that needs attention. And it's happened on the show before where either myself or the person chatting with me, you know, saw something about the other person they really loved that maybe wasn't at first obvious to them. What I'm saying is we as people create these opportunities on purpose. They happen spontaneously, yes, but I think we might go through life just hoping that they happen spontaneously without actually actively planting the seed for it to occur. I know I have. Going to a gathering or something or having coffee with some new person and thinking like, well, I hope we get along. I hope it's a worthwhile conversation for both of us. Well, what determines whether or not it is? How much I'm there for it? How much I have set the intention to really listen and really ask questions that are valuable to them and valuable to my deeper understanding of them. 
And also, how willing will I be to notice every time I'm up my own ass in this conversation? (laughs) And by that, I mean, you know, just speaking about all this stuff that I know and perhaps going into lecturer mode, which uh, I would so easily do if left unchecked, and all those other things that might be interesting to hear, you know, if someone was actually interested in those things. That's the thing. When you're in lecturer mode, you're hoping they're interested, because if they're not, you're annoying and you're boring them, right? But if you are listening to someone... Truly, you are never boring, because the most exciting thing to someone is seeing a reflection of themselves in another person. Even if they think they're humble and shy and don't want to be seen, it will have an effect on them that they'll at least value, hopefully at some point in the future. Think about anyone in your life that's truly seen you. Are they not some of the most valuable people you have in your orbit? Wouldn't they be more valuable than the people that love telling you all these cool things that you know that you sometimes find interesting? Okay, great, they have their role. But are these things relevant to you that they're telling you? They're the most relevant to you if they're about you, right? (laughs) So, you can be the most relevant person in someone's life by being a listener. And truly, this role on the Serve Conscious podcast for me has been a blessing in fine-tuning listening skills I didn't think I had. It's made me a confident listener. And it's kind of a funny concept, thinking like, okay, like, how do you need to be confident when you're listening to someone. You do. Listening requires confidence. I've realized this. I need to be able to trust myself to be able to shut off or at least pull my energy away because it's hard to shut it off sometimes. Pull my energy away from whatever my mind is churning about what it should say. You know, hey, say this, say that. Here's something cool to say. Say it like this. Gosh, this person is boring. When are they going to stop talking? This is what I'd rather be thinking about. Your mind will just be doing this the whole time, right? In conversation, if you let it. If you keep feeding its energy. I need to trust myself to cut off that blood supply to the churning mind and just bring it right back into the person. What are they saying? How are they saying it? How are they feeling right now? What's driving them to say this? What would be most supportive for me to say right now or reflect back? That takes confidence because when we're not rehearsing and repeating a bunch of possible responses to ourselves while someone is speaking, then we might not think we're prepared when it's our turn to speak. You will be. You'll be more prepared if you're present and listening and open and curious You don't need a podcast to do this. Podcasts are just proof that playing that role of listener, of engager, will make you more and more valuable to others, more and more someone that people want to be around. 
and feel uplifted from speaking to. I'm going to give an example that I'm sure so many people give. I'm sure it's very weathered, but uh, Joe Rogan, who I've always followed as an interviewer and as a general comedian and personality, look at how he's evolved over the years from speaking to all sorts of people five days a week. He is so curious and so fascinated, and it doesn't matter what discipline you're in. People love talking to him. If he has zero expertise on the subject whatsoever, people love talking to him. That's the thing. We often feel inferior to people because we don't have the same expertise they do. But does Joe Rogan have the same expertise as the neuroscientists and the astrophysicists he's bringing onto the show? Absolutely not. Sometimes he knows nothing about what they're talking about, but he knows how to show interest. And people love, actually, people that don't know what they're talking about because they get to teach about it, right? So being like, I don't know much about that. Can you tell me more? Wow, that's exciting for people. But the point here is, over the years, I've just watched his sensitivity and compassion as a human being increase. And that happens from maturity and always working on yourself, which I'm sure that he does. But always speaking to people in an open, receptive way is a true catalyst for that. So just take those opportunities to do that. I encourage you. All right, I think that's all I need to say today on this very special day. And I just want to thank you once again for any listening you've done to this show in any way that you've supported it. You are truly why I do this. And I really look forward to having you around for the next 100 and the next 100 and all the other shenanigans I've got planned on the Serve Conscious podcast. So thank you once again. You're welcome to check out the website, www.serveconscious.com. Get on that mailing list so I can send you some very special educational content, workshops, and notifications every time a new episode drops. All right, thanks again, friends. See you later.